it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Top of the fifth, Yankees batting, two out, runners on first and third, and they already lead the Blue Jays 3-1. Blue Jays' magic number is three to clinch a playoff spot. Oilers tomorrow at Calgary, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, game at 7. Elks play Saturday afternoon. Our coverage will start at 2.30 with the countdown to kick off. The game is at 2 against Danny Machocha, Trevor Harris, and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, the Elks this week, by the way, with Morley Scott coming up between 7.30 and 8. Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta will join me in about half an hour for more on Edmonton hosting some uh, World Cup qualifier games for Canada in uh, November. That's pretty cool that that's going to happen right here in good old YEG. And uh, to discuss uh, the Elks and WWE and who knows what else it is my good friend, the producer of this show, analyst for the Elks games here on 630 Chad, Dave Campbell checking in. Dave, how's it going? Uh, very good, Reed, and I will have a lot more to say than Kenny Lawler did today to us. Okay, so was he... <laughs> I played that... Uh, okay, let's... Let, Kellen, let's play it again for people who missed it. It's not that long. Play the, the Kenny Lawler exchange. Competitor, want to be out there, just kind of stay patient, keep working, and, you know, take care of yourself. Never a good time for an injury, but, uh, I mean, you guys are making a push here. That has to be a little bit tougher than other times. Yeah, it's a little tough. I'll get through it. Had two days on it. How's it felt? It's sore. A little concerned? No? No. You get through it? Uh, speak about this offense. It's kind of changed a bit. You got a pretty good running threat that seems to be opening up the offense, and you got some new pieces that are kind of changing the complexion of it, too. Yeah, one word explosive. Taylor? The best. Is it lock and load time for you? Oh, uh, you know it. Okay. Kenny, I kind of get the feeling you're being short with us. You just want to... Yeah, I just want to go eat. Okay, so he just want... Okay, now, what was... So that's you, Dave Morley, Jerry Modijong from Post Media, who finally said... Yeah. You know, you're not saying. I have several questions now that I heard that. That's the fourth time I've heard that today because I listened to it twice this afternoon at my desk. We played it at around 6:20, and now hearing it again, even more comes to light. It's it's like going back and watching an artistic film, and like oh, I get a dive into this deeper. I get more out of it every time. Was he hungry or hangry, as people say? What was going on? Uh, he could have been, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, okay, so we've all talked to athletes, I mean, you and I. Yes. Um, occasionally, you get an interview like that or, or a scrum like that where an athlete comes, you know, to the mic and they're, you know, to, to, to the media and he's not very happy. Um, I mean, there was a well-known incident last year between Leon Dreisaitl and Jim Matheson, uh, post-media. So, uh yeah, this happens. I, I thought this was surprising to me because I saw Kenny Lawler 
perform all the reps today with the first team offense. So, um, and looked like a prominent role, got his old spot back on the weak side slot position. They moved uh, actually Darrell Walker to the, uh, to the wide side slot position, replacing Kyle Oxley. So, you know, a bit of a demotion for Kyle Oxley, I think, uh, you know, and he's been kind of struggling with a shoulder injury anyway, but I'm going, my gosh, you, you, you think about how lethal this receiving core could be with Dylan Mitchell and, you know, Jalen Marshall still in the mix and bring Kenny Lawler back in, but he didn't seem very happy. And, you know, I, I can't believe it's just because he wanted lunch. Um, I mean, my, my goodness, it only, it only takes two to three minutes to talk to us. You can go eat. Um, I don't know. I mean, all I can, I don't like to speculate here and I don't want to read too much into things. I just want to, you know, I just want to kind of report on what is. And I know Chris Jones would like to have him back in the lineup. And I don't think he's, you know, pulled that off the table. I mean, he's off the six game injured list. He's now on the active roster. He is taking full reps now, but Chris Jones isn't quite ready yet to say, Kenny's back. You know, tomorrow is their big day. It's the chicken day. It's their compete day. So it's their heaviest workload where offense and defense will, you know, compete very, very hard and competitively. Um, so we'll see how he gets through that day. But it was odd to me that, you know, little, I'll say surprising, more than odd, surprising that Kenny Lawler kind of had the reaction. But, you know, there was one comment. It was a one-word answer to Morley's question. It's sore. No, so two-word answer. It's sore. You know, his ankle's sore. And that's when I chimed in and said, are you concerned about it? Uh, that, it, you know, that's going to limit you. And he said, no. Now, we know athletes read when you talk to them about your injury. I'm okay. My arm's hanging, you know, by yeah. a thread, but I can play, you know. <laughs> and the coaching staff and the trainers have a different thought pattern about that. So we'll see. I, I got a, a distinct impression that if he gets through tomorrow, then he'll play. But I think it's, you know, clearly it's sore. It's bothering him. Uh, but they're trying, you know, to, to get him back. He's trying to get himself back in for a very important game on Saturday and, and, and an important stretch potentially. All right. And wh who was backing up nearby? Like, can we not have vehicles moving around while you're doing the interviews? What's going on? I, I there was that beeping the whole time. Who was backing up? I don't know. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. So here's what's happened at Commonwealth the last couple of weeks before the bye week. Last week was a very quiet week, very quiet, except all the noise I made are, you know, around the house. Um, so there's been like, you know, leaf blowers in the stands, you know, cleaning up from, uh, well, one, you know, you people who trashed the stadium from the Def Leppard concert oh, yeah. um, with litter. Um, and then, you know, from the Labor Day rematch and, you know, so <laughs> I don't know, they show up around 12, 15, 12, <laughs> can't hear a darn thing. And I don't know who was backing up their vehicle today. It's like, what? what's going on here? Why is this a sick joke from the city of Edmonton employees that every time we, we, and I love you all. Um, I don't know you, but I'm sure you're all great people. But it's like every single time, you know, it's just, there's a beeping, there's, there's grinding, there's, there's mechanical noises. We just want to do an interview for 20 minutes with no disruptions. Please help me out, please. All right. Okay. So we, so basically, uh, Kenny Lawler did the interview, and we still don't know if he's he's going to play. That's the no. bottom line for the personnel no. stuff. Okay. We don't know. No, we don't know yet. We think we know, but we don't know yet. Okay. Uh, well, that's interesting. 
I guess I guess we'll 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 find out more as they go along. Uh, now the Elks, here's the thing: they are not they are not in a great spot because they are nope. last in the division. Mm-hmm. So the the path to the playoffs, because there there is still a path, they yep. have to they have to win three more games than the Riders win the rest of the way. Correct. So they either have to go three and one, and the Riders go zero and four. Or they have to go four and zero, and the Riders go one and three. So still very, yeah. very difficult. But that's that's yeah. what what needs to happen. Yeah. So the, look, the playoff scenario is simple this weekend. The only way the Elks are eliminated is if the Riders beat the Bombers on Friday, and I believe that game is uh, if the if the Bombers win, they they clinch home field for the for the entire playoffs for the well they they clinch the West final. So there's something on the line there for them. But if the Riders happen to win that game, the Elks lose to the Alouettes, then it's over for, for the Elks. So that's the, the simplest scenario uh, for the Elks. So don't lose and don't have the Riders win. They can't control that part. They can control their game. So, yeah, but basically you're right. It's, you know, you go 3-1, and 4-0, and oh, have the Riders go 1-3, and 0-4. Oh, and four. and uh, you know, the Riders' schedule is tough because they got the Bombers. Now, they got the Ticats next week in Hamilton. That's kind of a wild card game. You don't know what to expect with that one. Then they have Calgary, Calgary, uh, home and home set to end the season where the Elks have Montreal in Winnipeg, and then they end the season uh, against the Argos at home and then the Lions at home. So there it is. I mean, it's a tough road, uh, not winning the tiebreaker or getting a tiebreaker advantage by winning the season series hurts. So they're four points back, but essentially they're six points back. Of, of the Riders, who are not playing very good football. They, they, they're probably one of the worst teams in the league right now are the Riders. They're 2-8 and eight in, uh, or is that correct? No, 2-7 two and 7-7 two and seven two in, and their, seven last in their last nine, yeah. Okay. And, hey, the Elks are 3-6, and six, though, so they're better than them. Um, but, you know, it's the, the scenario's not very good for the Elks because they had a bad start compared to the Riders who had a good start. They, they put some money in the bank. What's going on with quarterbacks in Calgary? What's the, what's the latest here? Okay, so, I mean, Jake Mayer is clearly their number one. They gave him starters money, according to uh, Farhan Lalsby at TSN. He's going to make well over 400000 so he's extended through the 2024 season. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell spoke to the media today and says he has not asked for a trade, but he knows there's been phone calls to general manager John Huffnagel from teams that are, you know, showing some interest. So, Bo Levi Mitchell's gone after this season it would be okay first on the on the topic of a trade read it would be foolish for the stampeders it'd be foolish for john huffnagel as a general manager to trade bo levi mitchell right now because you never know what can happen down the stretch you know jake mayer could get hurt and then what are you left with you know you know all, all the only thing we know about tommy stevens is he's tall and he has nine touchdowns, but he's tall and he can run a little bit. But can he throw? I don't know. But to me, um, it would be absolutely, it would be insane if, if the rider, if the uh, if the Stampeders traded Bo Levi Mitchell. And I just spit out the team who I think he's going to. Um, if Cody Fajardo doesn't have a Herculean Superman type rest of the season, which I don't think is going to happen, I really believe they're going to move on from him. And I really believe they're going to make a run at Bo Levi Mitchell, which they did 
in 2019, um, that crazy free agency when Mike, Michael Riley left for uh, the BC Lions. And of course, Trevor Harris came to Edmonton and Bully Levi Mitchell was getting courted by two teams, uh, the, the, the Riders and the Argos. And the Riders threw a ton of money at him and then he took less money to stay in Calgary. Well, things are changing. The, the page is turned. Jake Mayer is the number one and Bully Levi Mitchell will be on his way out after the season. All right, interesting. Dave Campbell joining us tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, a little bit there on the uh, Elks and uh, potential quarterback uh, transition there with the Calgary Stampeders. All right, you went to uh, WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, I limited Kellen's review to 10 words or less. You get uh, far more time because you don't get as much time to talk about wrestling on the show. (laughs) Um, I'm just curious how it all looked from, from your perspective spectacular like i've been to live wrestling events before mostly in edmonton i went to one event in phoenix arizona the 2013 royal rumble and uh, uh you know as, as great of an event that was um last night at rogers center uh, rogers place was tremendous it looked so good and you know even when i went home i tried to see some uh, pictures or live video or just or, or videos of just the, what the wide shot of rogers place looked like it looked spectacular their staging area is tremendous i didn't get to see it because my tickets were kind of off to the left of the stage and back so but my view of the ring and 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 the entryway was actually pretty good but i couldn't see the big screen and all that and it didn't matter by the way the pyro scared the living daylights out of me that's loud uh but it's full of energy it is absolutely charged up in canada and i'm so glad that they came back and as kellen said on uh, on jay lynn show today uh, the second largest attended raw of the year was in edmonton the 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 first uh or the highest attendance was the raw after mania so it, it looked good i mean it's the first time we've had wwe in rogers place and it looks spectacular it was full it was full of energy you know there's a few canadian uh you know uh, wwe superstars uh kevin owens sammy Zayn, and of course edge at the end who made the big save uh in the in the uh, main event match uh, saving matt riddle from judgment day and throwing spears everywhere and he got a huge pop so it was so much fun last night just full of energy and joy okay uh, who's the white rabbit do we know no, we don't. And oh, they didn't no, unveil I, it. No, no, they're, I think they're going to tease us for a few more weeks. So, I still believe it is Bray Wyatt and people who, like, it's you know, if you know, you know, if you're listening, okay. But what <laughs> WWE is doing now is they are really kind of swerving people. Could it be this person? Could it be another person? Could it be someone coming back to WWE along with Bray Wyatt? Is there a faction or will this all lead to one man in what we think is Bray Wyatt? And I thought, okay, because, you know, the the arrows are pointing too much towards Bray and I'm going, they're not going to make it that easy. So they are swerving people to really debate on who the White Rabbit is and his, you know, the White Rabbit the leader of a, of a faction, that sort of thing. They're doing a brilliant, brilliant job with that. And, you know, you look up at the screen and there's a QR code sometimes that shows up, right? So you got to get your phone out, look at the QR code, and then there's the next the next clue. So I guess we got to wait Friday wow. when uh, SmackDown's in Winnipeg for the next clue. So how long is the whole night, front to back? Okay, so the whole night, uh, 5.30 is when the show starts. Oh, now wow. They, 
they do a taping of a show called The Main Event, which I don't know if that air. I know in Canada it airs on the score or uh, what they call it now, Sportsnet 360. Uh, Callan, do they air it in the States or is this just basically an internet show? Yeah, believe it or not, this goes back to syndicated television, Davey. So it is their syndicated show that runs on all the smaller stations in the U.S. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of like WWE Superstars was, you know, Absolutely. way back when, yep. when, you grew up, when you grow up at 10 a.m. and here's Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura with WWE Superstars from Topeka, wherever Topeka is. Um, but so they, they do the taping of the main event and then right at six, like right on the dot, the show starts and it ends pretty sharp at nine. And then there's a dark match. So just an, a match that, you know, goes past the taping just to send the crowd home. And honestly, it was a boring match, honestly, because at that point, the wrestlers are going at half speed because they probably want to go home, too. They did something brilliant, though, after the taping. Um, there's a feud between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle was a former UFC uh, fighter who's uh, transitioned very well into pro wrestling. Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's just tremendous. And it's one of those real life, they have real life heat and we're kind of seeing it play out in a storyline. And it's great. They had a brawl after the taping and I was sitting with two, two friends and I said, dudes, I'm going to go home. If you go home right now and you look up WWE on Twitter or wherever, they're going to show that this is part of the storyline. And they did. So uh, just, just a brilliant, slick uh, production. And um, those matches, I mean, there's probably, okay, the one match I didn't like was just this big hulking uh, a giant named Omos. They call him the Nigerian giant who had a, had a handicap match and he squashed these two wrestlers. Through, you know, you call them jobbers, right? So it squashes them, and that's when I went to get my hot dog. So that that was the worst. That was the worst match of the night. But all of them were just spectacular. Hey, I'm glad it was such a great show, and, and thanks for taking me through it because it's something I, I don't really understand and have never experienced. Dave, thanks for doing this. Uh, of course, we'll talk again soon, buddy. Really appreciate the update. You betcha. Now I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat. He's got to go eat like Kenny Lawler. He's got to go eat. The interview's <laughs> done. He's going to eat. That is Dave Cavill, the producer of this show and our Elks uh, analyst for a broadcast here on 630 Chen. And uh, big wrestling fan. So there you go. You got the lowdown on the Elks. You uh, got the lowdown on WWE Monday Night Raw. We got a little bit of the lowdown on uh, the Oilers and the salary cap. And uh, we still got basketball ahead to talk about. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. That will be on long-term injured reserve for this season. Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner are expected to be the goalies on the Oilers roster. Calvin Picker also in camp. You got uh, Olivia Rodriguez and Ryan Fanti as uh, depth goaltenders within the organization. Thought they both played pretty well last night in the loss to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I can also tell you 
today that uh, Reed Schaefer, as we expected, going back to Seattle of the Western Hockey League, and Max Wanner, the defenseman, going back to Moose Jaw of the Western Hockey League. Big WHL game at Rogers Place on Thursday. The Oil Kings looking for their first win of the season, and they will try to get it against Connor Bedard, the likely number one pick in next year's draft, and the Regina Pats. That'll be uh, an exciting one for sure, and one of the top talents, in, well, arguably the top talents in junior hockey right now, coming to town with the Pats. This is a, a memorable time of year for Canadian hockey. Tomorrow, the 50th anniversary of Paul Henderson's famous goal that gave Canada the victory in the Summit Series against the Soviet Union in 1972. Uh, Henderson speaking to this, he says the team felt pretty grounded after they left the ice in Moscow. There was no jumping around in the room. It was very, you know, we're looking across the room and smiling, sitting there, and I think we had a couple of beers and and it was just it. oh my gracious we just we've done it and the uh, members of the Summit Series team honored before tomorrow's preseason game in Toronto between the Leafs and Canadians really you got three goals in Canadian hockey history that, that I think are in their own stratosphere. Henderson's goal in 72, Mario Lemieux's goal to win the 1987 Canada Cup on the uh, assist from Wayne Gretzky, and then Sidney Crosby's goal in 2010 to win the Olympic gold. Perhaps which one you rank as the most significant uh, will depend on your age at the time, and obviously whether or not you were even uh, born at the time. I was not around in 1972. To me, eight, to me, 87's the one. Like, to me, 87 is the one. An incredible Canada Cup overall and the three-game series against the Soviets. Uh, Canada lost the first game in overtime, one game, two in overtime, and then, you know, a, a late goal in the final couple minutes to win the third game. Some of the best hockey I've ever seen, perhaps for younger people, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be Crosby's goal. But those are the big three for sure. We're going to do the 7 o'clock news and weather. The Canadian World Cup qualification effort in basketball coming to Edmonton. Paul Serbo filling in.